This morning's first scripture reading comes from the first chapter of the book of Luke, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This might help. Our second scripture reading comes from the 35th chapter of the book of Isaiah, verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, too, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. And the waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and the streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there. And it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return." And come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of the God. The word of God for the people of God. How about a deep breath? Settle ourselves into this space. 
Um, we've lit the pink Advent candle of joy this morning, yes? And is it a joyous morning? Well, I got to tell you, this baby's baptism did a lot to bring up the tone. I, I'll tell you that. And she, what a doll baby. Where'd she go? Changing? All right. <laughs> well, she's beautiful. Thank you for uh, sharing that with us this morning. <clears throat> but on average, I think it's a hard morning to conjure joy. But then I'm not certain everything was really all that joyous for Mary either. More like Mary was caught, as we are often caught, in the mix of life's deep pain and deep gladness, all mixed in together. And this morning we are gathering as wounded people after a week of difficult choices and difficult news. I'd invite you to look around this sanctuary because in one way or another, each one of us is coping with some level of pain. Either from the resignation of Heather this past week or for having to shoulder the burden of making difficult decisions on behalf of the health and vitality of this church community or from disappointments of the past some of which happened to the church and some of which just happened in life none of us are immune from that pain including myself today my heart is filled with the kind of sadness which comes from the recognition that sometimes there is no one choice that will fulfill every hope and every good intention. Life is, after all, filled with these kind of hard choices, and the leaders of your congregation, Heather included, have made some hard choices for the health and vitality of this church this week. Hard choices that not everyone will agree with. And you know, I think that's the real story of Mary and Joseph. The story which with this lovely poetic scripture which we heard a moment ago called the Magnificat attempts to cover up. Because it wasn't all roses for Mary. Let's just look at the facts in ancient Near East where she was in the day, in Mary and Joseph's day. Hearing the news that, that she was carrying a child outside the benefit of marriage would not have been good news. From a historical context, Mary was engaged to Joseph, an engagement which would not have yet been consummated. For Mary, engaged to Joseph, to have conceived a child not of Joseph's, made her a criminal in Hebrew law. And upon Joseph's word, he could have had Mary stoned to death for what would have been viewed as her infidelity. She had to have known this. She had to have been scared to death, eager to hide, especially from her betrothed Joseph, to preserve her life and the life of her unborn child. And as beautifully as our scripture conveys what was likely real in her heart, the truth is, the scripture has likely sanitized 
what must have been a very gritty, terrifying, and embattled moment for a young girl pregnant outside of marriage in the ancient Near East. So now we turn to Joseph, who has a really difficult decision to make, yes? <clears throat> no doubt he must have been conflicted, been of many minds. He could stone Mary, that was his right by law. He could simply abandon her, leave her to raise that child on her own. Or he could stand by Mary and trust what the Holy Spirit had called upon Mary and given to her, called Mary for this divine moment, this divine errand. And by trusting in God, Mary and Joseph together would have a path forward. Of course, you know, Joseph's decision wasn't made in a vacuum, was it? Because Joseph and Mary were part of a larger community. And there had to be watchful eyes, nattering neighbors, keeping tabs on Joseph, watching his moves, judging his choices. Can you imagine what the neighbors were saying about him and the choice he made? Of course, they wouldn't have known that Mary confided to him about this magnificent child she was to birth. They simply would have judged him on the scanty, incomplete information that they had and likely would have judged Joseph a weak man for his choice. Community often does that, yes? Judges the actions of others without having all the information, leaps to a conclusion of who is right and who is wrong without seeing the larger, the bigger picture. And friends, it seems to me today that you are caught in the midst of a Mary and Joseph moment. Dear beloved community, you cannot help but be like Joseph right now of many minds of the choices of the past week. As witness to the work of the Holy Spirit among them, I can tell you that none of the leaders, Heather included, came lightly to the decisions to end her ministry among you. Despite nearly two, two years of ministry, as, as Heather stated in her resignation, there is still too much struggle to move forward after many years of transition. And so, in consultation with the growing concern of leaders, driven by their deep listening to the growing concern among the congregation, Heather, having heard this, chose to step aside. It was a deeply integrous move on Heather's part, and I need you to know that. So today I will, will ask you to hold Heather in deep prayer and in deep gratitude not only for the toils of love that she brought to you these past couple of years, 
but for that difficult decision she made to put this congregation's health and well-being above her own. Please join me right now in a moment of silent prayer, offering our gratitude for the strength of Heather's leadership and her integrity, which led her to an extremely difficult self-sacrificing decision. Please join me in a silent moment of prayer. This past week, <clears throat> few weeks, I've also seen lay leaders and congregation members struggle with multiple loyalties. The personal loyalties they have felt for Heather and the spiritual loyalties do the ministry of Jesus Christ, which is expressed through the work and potential of this church. I witnessed them working through difficult decisions, knowing that no matter what decision they made, it would not satisfy everyone's hopes, wants, and needs. And so I ask you now to join me in another moment of silent prayer for these leaders who made difficult decisions that they felt necessary and faithful to the community and more than that, faithful to the call of the Holy Spirit. Please take a moment to hold these leaders in prayer. And now we find ourselves a bit adrift in the middle of Advent with the staff scrambling to hold well this time of the watching and the waiting for the dawning of a new light in Christ. So let us take a moment in silent prayer to lift up the staff, Jackie leading at this point, for their well-being and their sustenance in one of the busiest times of the year. Join me in a moment of silence for them. And now to you, beloved congregation in Christ. I know you are also of many minds about what has happened this past week and these past few years. And more importantly, what is about to come for First Congregational. And I believe just as there is always more truth and light to break forth from God's holy word, there is also more truth and light to break forth from the ministries of hope and healing that you offer one another in this community and the wider community around you. And it is my prayer for you as your conference minister here in this moment, in this beloved congregation, that you step up with one another. And I know that that's not an easy thing. Because there are those in this congregation with whom you know you agree. And there are also those in this sanctuary with whom you know you disagree. 
and to walk in the footsteps of Christ, we love all. Amen? To bring renewed vitality to this beloved congregation, I pray that you hold both those with whom you agree and those whom you disagree in the holy light of Christ. And therefore, I now invite you to once again join me in a moment of silent prayer, taking a deep breath and holding in mind one person with whom you agree in this church community and ask God to just bless them richly. Take that moment to envision that person with God's greatest blessing upon them. And I bet you know where I'm going now. (laughs) And now I invite you to take another deep breath and hold in your mind that one person with whom you know you disagree and ask God again to bless them as richly as you can fathom every good grace and blessing upon them. Let's take a silent moment to bless that person now. Dear beloveds of God, here in this space, at this time, in this location in Colorado Springs, this much I know. God is not through with you yet. God is calling you into a new future which is yet to be seen and it doesn't look a lot like the past. You will not be able to reach that future if your heart is filled with bitterness and anger from the difficulties of the past, but you are going to need to talk them through. So my most fervent prayer for you is to treat, that you treat one another with love. That in the days, weeks, and months ahead that you engage in difficult conversations remembering to bless one another, to respect one another, and the hardest thing we are ever asked to do to Christians is to, as Christians is to love beyond that which we feel capable of. And yet you are, every one of you. Love what, beyond what you believe is possible and always remember that the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is with us as we travel together on this path toward newness. And I will be traveling this path with you and your leaders. So friends, this day, this difficult day, can become a victory for this church and even for Heather if you move forward in a way that magnifies the glory of God. Think of Mary and Joseph and their hard choices knowing that you too are at that moment of difficult decisions. Will we follow God or will we do others? Will you please join me in prayer? Holy One, we beseech your comforting presence in our hearts and our souls as we begin the difficult task of moving forward this day. 
We ask you to hold tight to Heather and her family and ease their burdens in the days ahead. We ask you to surround our church leaders, our lay leaders, and our staff with your wisdom and sustenance as they seek the path forward. We ask you to comfort each of us as we watch and wait for the dawning of the new light in Christ that you promise each Christmas. And we remember, Holy One, that we gather because we are your people looking to do your work to help heal this hurting world. Bless us and empower us as we seek to serve you. And all God's people responded. Amen. Amen.